It is fun. It is the kind of thing where you're sitting in the theatre and somebody might get you up and out of your chair. You know what I mean? Oh, I hate that. No, what would they do? Would they dance with you? No, 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 sir. That's not what I mean. What I mean is that you, as the audience, might then choose to get up and dance. Oh, no, I hate that even more. Oh, my God. That's because you hate joy. Hello and welcome to An Englishman and an Irishman Go to the Movies, the podcast that has mastered the twist, the mashed potato, the pony, the hitchhike, the Madison, the Watusi, the Holly Gully, and the stricken chicken. This is the Irishman that dances like Christopher Walken talks, Sean Ferrick. Hello, Ian. And the man that is based on a book, which is based on a movie, which is based on a legend, Albert Hogan. Hello. You can't stop the motion of the ocean. Musicals! Yay! So have we broken you? I'll let you guys take the lead on this. Um, <laughs> musicals are fun. Watching Ian <laughs> no, 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 no. get sad. This, this isn't going to work if you if you're, if you tone it down. You've got to bring it up because I'm going to be the negative Nancy. So should we explain why we're doing musicals? Please. And why I'm back? Explain why Albert Hogan is back. Well, so if uh, your long-time listeners will remember that we did a Halloween season where I was brought in to um, be subjected to horror movies and I made Mr. Whittington promise that we would do a musical's uh, revenge at some time. Um, <laughs> and I did not revenge. expect it. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I didn't expect it to be quite as soon as this. So um, I was most pleasantly surprised when Mr. Ferrick reached out and said, let's do musicals in February and annoy the hell out of Ian. So um, I'm back to do musicals. Like he said, he'll be back. Um yeah, I think it. I guess the logic is that you hadn't seen any horror films. I've, or not the classics anyway, weren't really a horror fan. I, the logic follows I haven't seen a lot of musicals. I am actively not a musical fan. Um, so, yeah, we're going to see if we can change that by exposing me to musicals that are universally liked. And would you say we've picked the ones that are the best of the bunch? Or the most accessible? So I. I think we have picked musicals that we think might convert you. So I would say they're not necessarily the obvious musicals that people would think of um, straight away. So there's no Lloyd Webber, for instance, which I think would be enough to probably turn you off musicals forever. Um, Lloyd Webber is best on stage. That's just my opinion. Um, yeah, so so no, no Lloyd Webber. Um, and Sean and I have kind of purposely picked a selection of musicals we only had four to choose so you know we didn't have a, a huge amount but ones that we think we can have a good conversation on and that we might and i say might because i know it's a tall order convert you to liking a musical to being a musical man and that's the logic yes okay cool going in do you need to appreciate no not appreciate music do you need to like have a technical understanding of music and stuff to appreciate it more do you think that, but do you think that helps does it help uh, like you two as being quite musical people does it help your appreciation of musicals no i i, I would say no. not really okay, um cool. for me i'll enjoy a musical simple as it sounds i'll enjoy a musical if i like the songs um there are technically brilliant musicals that i don't enjoy very much because i don't particularly like the songs 
you know? Yeah, that makes sense. For me, it's the production side of it, like the singing, the dancing, the choreography. It's the kind of highest art form when it comes to... Uh, it's kind of like... it For me, it's like theatre on acid, which is why I like it. It's definitely like the most complicated thing. Like, some of the stuff in... The, in Well, our first film is Hairspray. And some of the stuff in this is like, breathe. I beg all of you, breathe. You cannot sing, dance, act, have hairspray on fire around you for that long. You need to chill it down. Yeah, I think this is <laughs> this will be the interesting conversation we'll get into. Um, but you know, these are originally well. In this instance, it's it's an adapt an adaptation of a stage musical, which is normally three and a half hours long. So there is a little bit Jeez. of like mm. let's power through because most films can't be three yeah. and a half hours long. <laughs> by the time we got to the hour 40 mark I was like another fucking song Jesus and Albert was like yeah they cut 10 I was like fuck <laughs> <laughs> Jesus how many stuff you can talk but spoilers um, yeah what I'll say is that Hairspray I really liked it however it solidified the things I don't like about musicals and we'll put a pin in that. But first, to the news! To the news! To the news! News team! Assemble! <laughs> um, so... Uh, we're kind of the new segment this week is basically going to be what happened at the Super Bowl um, and the trailers that came out. Um, Albie, as the guest, you first. What did you? What jumped out as you as the thing? I might actually risk a deadly disease and go out to the cinema and watch it, <laughs> or not. Um, <laughs> um, the the one film that caught my eye was old which I'm sort of intrigued by as a premise, um, which it seems like, and we don't get a lot from it, but it's a family that go to the beach and then they start to age rapidly. And I'm kind of intrigued by that. Um, the rest, honestly, you know, I'm, it, it wasn't the strongest year for Super Bowl spots. Let's put it that way. Understandably, um, usually, perhaps? Yeah, but understandably. Um, but yeah, the rest I'm... You know, some of them I watch, some I'm just let. Can we stay on old for a second? So it feels like M Night, like the entire world watches an M Night Shyamalan film and is like, oh, 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 there's going to be a twist. Now I would feel sorry for him if he didn't keep making fucking films that had a twist in them. Like he's he's just he's not helping himself at all. But that's his brand, isn't it? So if well, he didn't do it, people would be disappointed. But they're disappointed 90% of the time anyway. But there's the 10%. Yeah. So, what what did he have recently? The Village, which somebody here likes, I think. But most of the world hates. Great soundtrack. Of course. I think his most recent one is Glass, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, split. Uh, no, Glass. Yeah, you're right. Glass Sorry. Split. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, Split I really, really liked. Mm-hmm. And I loved that it was a backdoor sequel. Two Unbreakable, that was awesome. Would have been better if that hadn't been spoiled for me, but that's the internet. And yeah, Glass was okay, but I hated the ending. Yeah, it was a real damp squib of an ending. Um, yeah, uh, on your dreams the, a bit. The twist was there. It wasn't very good. 
and no. the resolutions, if you want to call it that, were a bit like, okay then. Cool, so you really don't want this to be picked up at all. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I'm like you, Arby, I'm kind of intrigued by the premise. Um, people go to the beach and suddenly get old, depending on where they are on the beach, but yeah, we'll see what the film turns out to be. There's not, I, I do get frustrated by films that how rewatchable are they depends on how integral the twist is. If you can have a great movie with a twist and it's rewatchable, yeah, you've got a bit of gold, but yeah, not... We'll see. I think we'll see. is uh, the usual suspects one of the best examples of rewatchable yes. and yes, massive twist. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very true. Sean, what caught your eye? Um, because I must lie and say something. Um, I I suppose Fast Nine, but that's because it kicked me straight in the eyes. Um, <laughs> there was uh, I, I I see they stopped going for subtlety at around Fast minus one, so. <laughs> It was, it's exactly what I thought it was going to be in terms of a trailer. Um, the magnet planes and all. Um, yeah. And it, I don't know, bang, bang, boom, boom. There you go. Uh, but with, with vroom vrooms as well. Vroom vrooms. Uh, but it, that was it. Like, I was saying, there's not an awful lot, uh, as you say, understandably, but there's not an awful lot really that was... Uh, catching my eye um i've never seen coming to america so i don't think i feel the same rage that you feel i'm the first one is funny however it is dated as heck and it's it's 80s as heck and cool you kind of watch it in the time bubble of the 80s the trailer for this one seemed a little bit tone deaf and i'm not too sure i don't know i don't think i'll watch it let's just let's say that i don't know it, the trailer didn't do much for me. It was Eddie Murphy in a lot of different like suits playing 17 different people, which he can be really good at that, but I don't know. trailer didn't do it for me. Um, yeah, Fast 9, it's only 30 seconds long, but I went, that's fucking bullshit. As soon as the car goes sideways and then through a shop and then through another shop and then lands and carries on driving. And I was like, does momentum mean nothing to you? Sir Isaac Newton is spinning in his grave, flipping you off. Sideways having, through the but, grave. But having worked on Fast and Furious movies in the yes. past, that's the kind of shit that gets people talking. And actually, it's quite clever because it's very social in that, you know, people like you will be ranting on Twitter about it and they'll start a conversation. I won't give it the justification of ranting on Twitter. <laughs> I will just publicize <laughs> it in a podcast and on YouTube. But it, it shall not hit my Twitter feed. Uh, I'm sure it'll be fun. Um, I'll stop being grumpy arsehole, but not today. Um, I really liked the look of the um, Clarice, which is the yes. CBS um, TV show. So that's the one that caught my eye the most. So this is following Clarice after um, Silence of the Lambs. She's kind of become a bit of a local hero by catching Buffalo Bill and has been promoted to whatever chief investigator or something um my problem is with these series you're always going to be waiting for hannibal to show up now for me that i will watch it and i'll watch the heck out of it and it won't matter to me but i feel like 90 percent of the audience audience will just be like when's hannibal and he, coming and you know and what's going to happen he will he won't be he no, won't he, be because they don't have will. the rights 
Oh, really? They don't have the rights. They can't talk about him at all, and he can't be in it. Oh, now that I didn't know. Because on the flip side, in in the Hannibal TV series, there's no Clarice, and there's no mention of it. Because they're in separate... That's bizarre Because Just because the film... uh, It's something... Well, obviously, the pair of them were in... um, Silence. Silence and Hannibal. Uh, But then, yeah, somewhere along the way, somebody has the rights to one thing, somebody has the rights to another thing, and ne'er the two shall meet. Is it because Clarice isn't in the book? Clarice is in the book. Oh, okay. I haven't read the book. Oh, it's very good. It's very good. I can only imagine that's why. That's Um, so weird. Yeah. Anyway, I'll watch it. My My other problem, surprise, surprise, I've got a problem with it already and I haven't seen it, is... It feels like a cash-in, doesn't it? It's like, we need a recognisable name to launch our TV show. Cool. Let's set it in the silence of the Lambs universe, in inverted commas, and do that. If you've got a good detective procedural show, that should be enough. Why does it have to be set in this world? Especially if you can't put Hannibal in it. Um, So, yeah, that was odd. Um, Yeah, the only other movie that caught my eye was um, the... Not old, the other one. Nobody. Nobody, that's it. It's got Bob Odenkirk, and I'm sure I saw Christopher Lloyd in it, wielding a gun at somebody, which looks pretty cool. Um, but it does feel like Bob Odenkirk is becoming Nick Cage. Like, this had a very Con Air vibe. Um, and the trailer just told us nothing other than, there's lasagna. <laughs> oh, well, I'm on board. <laughs> I like lasagna. It looked good. I like pasta cake. Yeah, no, it did look <clears throat> Yeah, no, it did look good. Yeah, it looked good. <laughs> um, anything else or is that the Super Bowl pretty much done well Falcon Winter Soldier oh yeah <laughs> sorry forgot about, thing. forgot about the little the little thing that Disney put in there <laughs> that broke all uh, records look, for streaming so yeah until next really week smashed it yeah uh, looks like fun um, it, it, it'll probably be very good um, based on I know it's different teams but based on how well WandaVision is being executed uh, I I have hopes that this TV show will be quite good. Same, I think so. It it feels a little bit more Marvel-y to me, and that is meant in the way it's meant. It's not a yeah. Uh, you know, One Division is quite a departure for Marvel, and that's probably why <laughs> I'm enjoying it so much. But I feel like I know what I'm getting with Falcon and Winter Soldier, which um, you know I'm here for. Yeah, I'd love to be surprised. Um, One Division is. I didn't think they would go that way with a Marvel mm. franchise. But then at the same time, they have all of the money. They can take a punt. Um, but I love what they're doing with that. I don't expect them to do that with Falcon and Winter Soldier. It would be a nice surprise. But the trailer, just that trailer, is better for me than anything I've seen them do in the movies. They've always been a little bit of a letdown for me when I've seen them on screen. Um it's all like, I feel like you can do more, and it feels like they do a bit more. And they seem to have good. Um, Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie seem to have pretty good chemistry just in the trailer. So yeah, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Should be good. Any other any other juggernauts that I missed? Was there a Star Wars trailer that I missed in there somehow? Uh, the entire oh, film of No Time to Die was fat. played during Super Bowl, but I mean, apart from that, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that's the only way that fucker's ever going to come out, isn't it? It's been put back to what the end of. This year now, time. Is it no- end of yeah. time, end of time, yeah. It's November twenty. It is November this year, isn't it? November twenty one, or is it April yeah. twenty two? 
I think it's April I think 22. It's, I think it's November. If only we could search I think they the kept internet it in the same out. slot there. Yeah. Yeah, working on it. The only other thing I wanted to mention was the whole Paramount Peak um, string of adverts has given me life on Twitter. It has been so, so, so good. With uh, Tuvok scanning the puppet when he's got like, oh, I'm afraid he's got a case of puppet frostbite. I was like, we're going to have to remove the arm. And the golfer just comes out and hocks it off of his arm. It's hilarious. Little clap. You realise he said, you said, you said, did you not just just say Tuvok instead of Spark? Did I say Tuvok? I'm afraid you did. Yeah, oh, yeah I okay. I was so the... much Voyager. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not even going to cut that. We'll leave it in. A little clap from Spock. <laughs> I've been watching about five episodes of Voyager a day. So Fair enough. Um, um, no Time to Die is the 8th of October for this year. For now. Oh, okay. For now. Oh, okay. Cool. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. Should we move swiftly on to the recommends? So, we all watched the same movie, which is really, really handy. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about. And for once, I was the first one to watch it. Usually it's the other way around. I'm usually the last one to watch it. Did I thought Sean watch watched it, like, it first. A couple of months ago. Sean recommended this, or attempted to recommend this ages ago, I think. Really? Don't you okay, steal yeah. his thunder? That's alright, I, I oh, inceptioned oh, you it watched into it. your watched mind. It. Right, 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 okay, that movie. Uh, I watched it legally first, then. <laughs> Dare I say. As did I. Um, but at least we're promoting it so I went into this film with like very low expectations and actually was really into it by the end of it and thought it was actually Mm. bloody good you know it was just it's it's just nice nicely put together a lot more intimate than your typical kind of disaster movie and I really enjoyed that and there was actually some pretty solid acting across the board I thought in it as well Including Mr. Yeah. Jerry Butler. Jerry Butler, I love it. Uh, no, you're right. I've really enjoyed it. It's, it was good fun. It was. It didn't try to be too much more than it was, but it wasn't a big dumb action flick either. You know what I mean? No. Um, and there was a bit of heart, as you said. Yeah, there was a bit of heart behind it. Um, and you know, you kind of you believed they were a family, which was always you know it's always nice to see that really, because there's so many things where like these guys are a family. It's like they're so clearly not family. Like, yeah. they hate each other. One of them just pushed one of the other ones in front of the aliens. Um, <laughs> I don't have to run faster than the alien. I only have to run faster than you. <laughs> um, but I really, really like how... Uh, just just in case, I won't spoil it, but how everything sort of kicks off. Or sort of kicks into the next gear, maybe I should say. Uh, it's really well done. Yeah, I similarly went into this with zero expectations. I wish it had come out a few years apart from Geostorm or maybe I just wish that Geostorm hadn't happened because I don't. how can you do two disaster films essentially back to back and not expect the audience to go really? why are you doing this for? is this just what you do? but this isn't this is barely a disaster film this is actually a really really tight family story um, the meteors and shit are almost incidental they're, they're the catalyst but hasn't it's not the story itself. It's not about escaping. It's not about the entire planet escaping the meteor. Like I was expecting, who's going to be cast as the president? Is it Christopher Walken? 
but the president doesn't turn up. It is literally just the family. Um, I really, really like that. Um, and I like how it... This, without spoiling it too much, this isn't one big rock. This is, more realistically, a sequence of rocks that will fuck mm. up the planet. And that has an effect on the story as well. Um, Marina Baccarin is... She is underrated, isn't she? Like that's she was she was really exceptional. I she was fantastic, yeah. highlight of the movie. And I just think in general, I know she's in a lot of things and she's big, but she's not like I don't know. She's not Sandra Bullock levels, and I feel like she really should be. Like she's, I don't know. I think she's she is leading lady material. Do you know what I mean? She absolutely is. She should have her own movies. And yeah, I really, really, really liked her in it. Um, yeah, highlight of the movie for me. Um, so yeah, go and watch Greenland. Um, You'll be pleasantly surprised. It's on my Rewindables list. <laughs> hey! Nice. Um, right. Go on then, Hairspray. I'm going to make a cup of tea. You guys gush about this movie. <laughs> Don't you dare. No, I... You were... I, I was watching you bobbing along. You, you were having a good time. <laughs> yeah, I genuinely... I liked this movie. This has my endorsement. However, I'm not in a rush to watch it again. That's okay. That's okay. I when I first I caught it um, when it came out in the cinema. I wasn't familiar with the film it was based on at the time. I hadn't seen the stage show. Uh, I've since seen the stage show, and it's good fun. Um, and for me personally, it benefited having watched the movie first. I think the same can be true for a lot of stage shows, um, particularly when you're trying to understand the plot. Um, I <laughs> now, did watch it again yes. quite quickly afterwards, though. I must say, um, I yeah. it's just infectiously positive. I, that's a really, really good description of it. Is you can't even grumpy old Ian that doesn't like musicals couldn't help but love this film because it's a it's got a fantastic message at its heart. It's relentlessly positive. Like, it hasn't got the, the miserable, slow songs like Grease does. It's got, like, one kind of heartfelt... One or two heartfelt songs. But all of the other songs are really, like, hyperkinetic and just... Woo! Yeah! Oh, yeah, please, slow down! This is too much! <laughs> but you're not bored for, for any of it. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they cut out... And the stage show... So I saw the stage show before I saw the film, which is interesting to have done it the reverse way um and there's quite there's quite a few differences from the stage show which um in terms of the medium of film make a lot of sense to me but i think it is quite pacey as a even though it's two hours long you know it doesn't let up very often it goes quick yeah Um, and literally it goes from musical number into musical number into musical number um without much in between where on stage you would have you know a quick set change or a costume yeah. change and therefore you'd have some sort of incidental music in between which just gives you that chance to kind of catch, catch your breath again breath. <laughs> yeah exactly um but yeah it is just it, like it's just if you need cheering up you just put it on because it's just like a big dose of sugar and it's just brilliant but there's as you say there's a lot of heart to it there's a good message it still resonates today you know and it's um, very it's, prescient for today, isn't it? Yeah, and it's no surprise that, you know, the one of the most famous songs from it is I Know Where I've Been, which is the Queen Latifah um, number in, in the movie, has sort of gained uh, new prominence again as a 
song that is relevant for the Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter movement, um, which you know again shows the power of the message and how the music is crafted in a way that resonates with the theme. So um, from that point of view, I think it's it's really good and it's got a really good cast in it as well. Like there's a lot of heavy hitters in there, um, and and John Travolta in a fat suit. Hey, but that's another don't forget your number one man. It's it's Christopher Walken. Hey, baby girl, come here. <laughs> I run a joke shop. <laughs> I do enjoy that that sequence where he's you know trying to get uh, Michelle Pfeiffer to you know. It's laugh. so good. Hey, the X-ray glasses <laughs> you can see through the blouse. <laughs> it's as phony as a three-dollar bill. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good I love you just gotta follow your dreams <laughs> right start with the Chris- I can do Christopher Walken impressions Sean Faddock tell me what you thought about the movie uh, well yes it, it's it's really it, every now and again I'll catch myself I'll just put on the soundtrack and just listen to a few songs and I'll just you know if you're even approaching a funk it'll just like an elastic band it'll just snap you back in again and yeah. I, I sometimes I do struggle with films that don't have, you know, expositionary dialogue between songs. Uh, sorry, musicals that don't have expositionary dialogue. Because for the exact same reason, you know, it's nice to kind of have a break, even though, even if the songs are fantastic. Um, and I, I think this has the right balance. Uh, I've enjoyed musicals that have more dialogue and I've enjoyed musicals that have slightly less not that much less then it starts to become just well I'll just stick on the album then will I um well I feel like you could this movie could be cut you could take all of the dialogue out of the film just have the songs back to back everything in, and I think yeah. you'd only lose 15 minutes of footage and you would get the entire story as well that's how packed full of songs this film is everything in the songs they're not that they're repeating themselves, but every story beat is hit in the in the songs. Yeah, yeah. So, which arguably, I suppose that it, yeah, that's what it should do, shouldn't it? That's, I guess it's not a musical if it that's doesn't a do musical, that. guys. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> this, is, this is like criticizing a vampire film for dressing up people in vampire suits. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> Negative stereotypes. That kind of criticism. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's. Uh, I appreciate it more, I think, now that I've had... Because I saw it in the cinema, so 2007, and now that it's 14 years later, um, I think I appreciate it a little bit more. Plus, I know an awful lot more about John Waters, who wrote the original film. Um, And it's obviously been a while, because I didn't realise he was the flasher, which I think is hilarious, (laughs) and also totally in keeping with John Waters' kind of public persona. Yeah. There's a good few cameos in this when I was flicking through Mm. Wikipedia. I didn't write them down, but... Basically, anybody involved with the original pops up in this film at some point, as some part, which is nice. I love that in the original film, it's Ricky Lake mm. as Tracy Turnblad, which is nuts. Um, I assume you know who Ricky Lake is, Ian, you youngster. I did, I did from Wikipedia, yes, thank you. <laughs> My God, you mean you didn't watch American daytime television with their chat shows? No. and No? You know, the reason I know Ricky Lake is that she was mentioned Ricky Lake in an and Sat. She, she was mentioned in an Offspring um, song. You can always go on Ricky Lake. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so, um, Albie, synopsisize us. What the hell is this movie about? Um, so, 
this movie is about um, a young woman called Tracy Turnblad, who is, I believe, 16. Um, Correct. And dreams of being on the Corny Collins show, which is a very Excellent typical... Ni- yeah, very typical 1960s um, sort of dance performance show. Um, through a series of events, she manages to get on the show. Um, but Tracy has a big heart and um, has quite a... Uh, the right view on you know how people should behave with each other, particularly between white people and black people who at this time were segregated even on the show but also at school and stuff like that as well and um she manages to break down those barriers and ultimately it's about the the integration of the corny collins show and the various relationships along the way um and all the dancing and fun that goes along with it is that a fair synopsis um yeah, I think that's very fair. I think that hits it on the head, doesn't it? There's a, I think they they use the depiction of overweight people as well to again play on the stereotypes and you know the pressures that society puts on people uh, to look a certain way. Whether they, you know, we want you to look like a size zero, or we don't like the color of your skin and want to, you know, yeah. want you to. Yeah. from some of the from some of the characters view we want you to go away you know, yeah. we don't want you to change we want you to not be here anymore yeah the the yeah. message of the film is the in the in the 50s it was you need to be to be on this tv show you need to be white you need to be attractive you need to tick all of these boxes um and the film is kind of tackling that but what i like is that it does. It starts you off with Tracy and how being overweight doesn't stop her. Or I'm not even going to say overweight. Being her size doesn't stop her. Um, she's going to dance and she's going to be a success no matter what. And does it actually a really good job of transitioning into how black people are having the same battle, but without belittling that battle to a matter of weight, if that makes sense. Because that's obviously... It's a way, way, way bigger issue, but it doesn't belittle it by concentrating on the weight thing. It gives that a like a big spotlight as well, which is really cool. So to jump to the end of the movie, it's not Tracy that wins, which is a and it's an excellent choice and it's great for the story. Yeah, yeah, and I think also, and I know you mentioned it. We were watching it in again in that I know where I've been song, which is very much about the black experience. Tracy is there singing along, but she is not taking over the show and it's not focused on her character. So, you know, it's a, an instance of showing a white person being a really good ally for, for black people. And, you know, again, that resonates straight through to this day as well. So there's yeah, some really I good choices that. in there, I think, that, yeah, that has, you know, the choices were right at the time and they still are to this day, which is good. So um, a sign of well-considered... Um, viewpoint from multiple angles whether it's someone who's overweight or you know like her mum who's basically a bit of a crippled introvert and doesn't want to leave the house you know yeah um all that sort of thing it's it's all um handled very thoughtfully 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's one of my favourite bits of the film, is she's marching alongside them, and it would be easy for her to, and I was almost expecting her to swing in on the second verse and lead the way and start singing and follow me, but it's not. It's all on... It's all on Queen Latifah, which is, yeah, really, really, it's a good touch. Nice, nice, nice um, choice. Also beautiful song, and sang beautifully as well. Yes. Uh, so I didn't know the song was coming, so at this point I went, for fuck's sake, another fucking song, can we just stop? And then Albert was like, no, 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 this, this song's important, don't, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Whoopsie. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, you know, we've had, you know, the, oh, I can hear the bells, okay, we've had the ladies' choice, okay, oh, what's this one going to be? Okay, all right, all right then. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Oops. So, um... It's actually the only the only serious song in the movie, in the musical as well. Yeah. And that's why it lands so well, because you have a lot of kind of light 60s-esque music, and then you have this, like, real like moment of of um seriousness which is why i think it works mm. so well as well yeah absolutely you're, you're almost waiting for the punchline but it's like nope just need to focus on this moment um the first song is everything it sums up why i dislike musicals go on right i have some logic unsurprisingly behind why i don't like musicals so it was the little miss brooklyn and what was the other song? Um, the oh, the, the the song about no, it is Brooklyn Herpes or something or Brooklyn uh, Baltimore something. Hang on, I've got the list. Oh, oh yeah, Baltimore, Baltimore crabs. crabs. Baltimore crabs. Baltimore crabs. That's, I wasn't that far off. So you might have been in the wrong Brooklyn city. Herpes. Yeah, I was Brooklyn in the wrong herpes. city and I had wow. the wrong STI, yeah. but it's fine. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's the, that's the, my autobiography, isn't it? Ian Whittington, wrong city, wrong STI. <laughs> the true life story. Um, We've tried to steer um, him right, guys. We've tried. Yeah. Uh, so those two songs, the reason they bug me is because it's there's a load of vocal acrobatics, and the songs are super repetitive, but seem to have no structure to me. So. There's like a, a a line that's repeated, like I'm, I'm. What's the Baltimore song? I am Baltimore or Miss Baltimore. Good morning, Baltimore. Well, good morning, Baltimore. Baltimore yeah. There's the Good morning, Baltimore, and that is a through thing. But there's no structure of like verse, chorus, verse, and because there's so much warbling and up and down and ah, I don't know what she's saying. You are going especially to struggle in the, this the, month, Ian. I am, and this is my <laughs> point. And the, and the Baltimore herpes song, I. I, I missed the Brooklyn Herpes, herpes song bit. now with the Baltimore crabs. You know. the Baltimore the Baltimore crabs. I missed the punchline because I didn't hear her say crabs. So her big thing where she's insulting her, I'm like, no, I know there's an insult there, but I missed it because it's just high notes and singing, and I my hearing isn't very good, so I'd have to watch it with subtitles, which isn't which is fine, but it's not as fun, and you do lose a bit. So it's like there's so much focus on the fucking song that you lose the story in it, and I just need to understand what's going on with the story. So does I would challenge you on that. There is actually structure. Yes, it does. There is structure to Good Morning Baltimore. There is a chorus that comes back multiple times. The problem is, and I've noticed this, Ian, you were too busy writing notes, so you weren't paying attention. Well, so that's the Sometimes. Issue. <laughs> Agreed. And you sit yeah. on the bold step and you think about what you did. 
I do do that, <laughs> correct. However, it's not a... It's not like a pop song structure where it's really identifiable. I know you've got the... the no. There's a, a repeating thing of Good Morning Brooklyn and there is a chorus and I, I get that, but I feel like it... What did I say? Brooklyn. Baltimore, whatever, Baltimore. same place. Literally opposite ends Baltimore. of the country, but it's fine. Um, and I get that it repeats, but it goes on for like 17 minutes that I lose my way and I get lost. And yeah, I, I lose some of the... I lose a lot of the plot and I'm just waiting to get to the end of the song, which you shouldn't be wishing your life away through a film. So I would like this film more if there was less okay. songs in it. I feel... I so mean, you'd like it if it was not a musical. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a great movie. Well, there's a, there's a, make a film without the music. Well, actually, well, Hairspray, <laughs> 1988, starring Ricky Lake uh, and Divine. You might you might prefer that one because it's not Divine. a musical. Is it not a musical? The original one is not a musical, yeah. no. And, no. Why didn't we watch that? It's not... It wouldn't be musical month, would it? <laughs> That that'll be for the month of films that became musicals. Yay! There we go. Uh, musicals based on films, based on musicals, based on plays, based on books written by Stephen King. Is there? Well, there is. There is a sorry. Not even a sidebar. There is a historically panned Carrie stage show uh, musical. Oh, why would you make that a musical? Be, uh, be, because they didn't stop to worry. But they, they they were too busy wondering, seeing if they could. They didn't stop to think if they should. If they yeah. should, exactly. One of those classic examples. Uh, butchered yeah, that I line. Um, no, it was good. I feel okay. So I think a part of this, or Albie, you might have to back me up a little bit on this one, right? So part yep. of it is going to have to be Ian. You need to pay more attention during musicals, and you're going to have to make a conscious decision. To pay more attention no. to musicals, but let me finish. But let me finish. Let me no 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 no. Let him finish. Let me finish. That is not to say that every song lands perfectly, and that every or that it would be you know accessible for you know people just coming to musicals. I do actually think that Hairspray is one of the more accessible musicals for that because it is much more poppy. In its music, it's not yes. to uh, to actually to kind of bring back Albert what you were saying. I feel you would struggle if we if we had started with something like Phantom. I feel you would have oh, struggled God, more man. with Phantom uh, because the big lavish production numbers they can be slightly overwhelming the first time you're watching a musical. Um, whereas this doesn't have many big lavish production numbers. It has big numbers, but you know there isn't a, a chandelier flying through the air, for example. Yeah. Um, there isn't a phantom masquerade moment where you've got six minutes of a song just where they're all shouting the word masquerade. It literally is that. That, that is the whole point of the song. Oh, it literally man. is that. Um, which is why we've moved away from Lloyd mm. Webber. Um, it's self-indulgent, yeah, I, it? I know what Yeah, I know what you mean, though, because you have to... You've taken the song, you've taken the sort of plot, you've taken what's going on on screen. There's a lot happening. Um, you find... I find certainly when I go to to sit, watch a musical or go to see a musical on the stage, I need I know going in I need to pay attention, and I always come out of it absolutely jaded, like I'm literally ready to fall into bed because you just have to hang on every word, and particularly on stage where, you know, you don't have the benefit of subtitles um, or subtitles that are stuff in your yeah. ear, like headphones and things like that. So um, I I can see why you you are there and because you're probably trying to concentrate on what she's saying you're missing the the kind of 
the form of it. Exactly, um, yeah. And there's so, some so I, I, I just can't hear it. Like, I literally just, because they're singing, I can't hear what they're saying. So it's like you get lyrics on the radio. You don't actually listen to half of the lyrics. You just, it's a catchy tune. So I'm, the more plot there is in a song, the more I'm going to miss. So I just there's that element of it that I'm just, I'm it's bred into my brain to not like musicals because you're going to make the story harder for me to understand. And Ian has to understand the story. We're going to, what we're going to do now is we're going to well, pause musical of- month, do J horror month with no subtitles and then come back to musicals and be like, well, now it makes perfect sense. It's fine. No, I, I would be fine with that. I would, because I'm not, because that would be more like a, a Darmok thing where you, you'd kind of get it by the context of the movie. So I don't need to know what they're saying. I've got it from the context of what's going on. It's almost worse that I know they're singing in English because I'm, yeah, like you said, Albert, I'm trying to listen. Anyway, enough with why my brain doesn't fucking work. What, gush about the movie. Tell me what you love about it. What's your favourite bits? Jump all over the place. I love how easy it is to understand. Um... Sorry, I didn't get any of that. I was too busy making notes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I did this weird thing where I paid attention to what was going on, and uh, I, I found that I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, good. I know. Uh, it's uh, picking out bits of it. It looks great. The style is fantastic in the film. Um, they really captured. I feel they captured the look of this, the the sixties, um, and you know the big hairstyles, the sharp suits on all the guys. Um, and th- Can I jump in super quick? Sorry, it's relevant to this. What I love is the there's fifties and sixties in this. So this movie is about transitioning from the fifties to the sixties, and there's loads and loads of greaser people in this, and the really slick element of the fifties. And then you just see the sixties coming in more and more and more, and all of the poppy yeah. colours. And then her hairstyle and dress at the end is like the uh, Tracy is the epitome of. The 60s, it's like, we're here, we've arrived. That, I thought, was really, really, really well done. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, I I love the transition of style. Uh, Particularly Tracy, at the end you feel like, yep, she's being the girl she wants to be. You know? Yeah. Um, And it just works. Uh, And for some reason, I bloody love John Travolta in this. And I don't say that sentence very often. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because there was some controversy around his casting originally because... Um, of the Scientology connection and views on, um, Everything. on homosexuals. Um, so there was, you know, an active boycott of the film when it first came out from the gay community. Um, oh, really? I didn't yeah, know there was. But that role always has been someone in drag. And the, the kind of point of it is that it's bringing in an element of queer culture without being explicit mm. about it, you know, at a time when you couldn't be out in the way you you yeah. can um i i actually quite like him in it as well um i think uh he's got the baltimore accent down perfectly <laughs> um we were joking about it the whole way through but it's interesting to note that like he um when reading up about this like he was very conscious about wanting um wanting Edna to be like a Baltimore woman and Baltimore accent and a large woman and you know all the things so apparently they went through a couple of variants on the costume and um, he was just always like bigger bigger you know make her a bigger present which I thought was really good 
Um, and I, I just really like the the chemistry between him and Mr. Walken, which just seems to work, just works quite well. <laughs> That's weird, isn't it? It's a weird sentence to say it's as well. A, yeah, it is a weird sentence, but I love that scene where they're just like dancing around in their backyard. Um, you know, yeah. suddenly they're in tango, and then they're doing ballroom and. Um, you know, and that's a typical example of where I love musicals because it's taking one concept, one idea, and you make a number out of it. Whereas in a film, that would be a fleeting reference where he'd go, uh, you know, hey, I know you're like old and big, but I love you anyway, and then it'd be yeah. move on. Whereas you get a whole kind of number about it, and that's what I really like. On that theme, yeah. Yeah. Um, but the thing I love about this particular um, movie version of, of the musical is... So it's directed by Adam Shankman, who's quite um, well known in the kind of musicals world. Um, there is a lot of little nods to classic musicals in this. So, oh, cool. um, if you remember the the, the opening sequence, um, she ends up on top of a garbage truck, I think mm. it is, and um, that that's a nod to Funny Girl, where she's on top of the boat doing her arms out in the in uh, the Staten Island Ferry, I think it was. I don't um, know what that is. I, all of that reference, I lost it. Yeah, Funny Girl is a great musical. It's it's classic one. It's Barbra Streisand. Um, you know a lot of the songs from it. You just don't realise they're from that musical. Um, yeah. Don't Rain on My Parade is from Funny Girl. Um, oh, cool. And then the other one, I the other one I noticed. There's there's quite a few different bits, but the other one that stuck out to me was um, other character whose name I forget. Penny. She in the final sequence is wearing Amanda a Bynes. dress yes is wearing a dress made out of the curtains from her room which is sort of a nod to another musical um which has completely slipped my mind now <laughs> so uh there's Doesn't lots of these little Greece, does it is it Greece? no it's not Greece. it's it'll come back to me um but it's those little nods that I quite enjoy when I do remember what they are. Um, it's been a long day. I'm tired. Um, <laughs> I get what you mean, I and mean, it's yeah, it's the sort of thing you can enjoy as an outsider, but also it kind of pats you on the back if you're a musical lover as well. It's yeah. like this is a musical yeah. for musical lovers. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. So um, that's what I love about it. Um, I quite like the other thing I like about this musical and this movie of the musical is there's some really interesting secondary characters where normally in musicals you have your kind of leads and your co-lead and they're kind of the main ones. I really like um, Seaweed J. Oh, Stubbs. Brilliant. Who, he's brilliant. Um, and uh, I love Inez who ends up being um, Little Miss Hairspray. Um, there's lots of just really great characters in it, I think. And actually it's quite a big ensemble to to land kind of character beats for all of them in two hours as well so they, they do a good job of that um but yeah I, I it's just it's just a well put together musical it's pretty timeless i think and the movie actually lives up to the to the stage musical as well which is again you know not always the case yeah um so yeah so there's lots to like in it so you've seen the have you seen the stage show as well i have you? yeah um so how do you find it compares well, it's interesting because myself and Albert, we, we did it in reverse of each other. So I saw the movie, then the show. Uh, so I prefer the movie, but that was my introduction to it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so then I, I had the other one of like, well, 
that was played by this person and that was played by this person and then I'm seeing somebody else play those parts um, which is that's just the nature of seeing adaptations but um, yeah it's it still it, I have to say that's not a bad thing it is a great stage show it is fun it is the kind of thing where you're sitting in the theatre and somebody might get you up and out of your chair you know what I mean oh I hate that no, what would they do? Would they dance with you? No, 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 sir. That's not what I mean. What I mean is that you, as the audience, might then choose to get up and dance. Oh, no, I hate that even more. Oh, my God. That's because you hate joy. Um, I'm watching... If you want to dance, then be on the fucking stage. I, so, my... But not everyone can, and that's the whole point, the film. Yeah, well, then go and watch it at home. Because if you dance, and if you... St- unless you're at the back row, if you get up... Then I have to get up either out of some bizarre social contract because everybody else has got up and started dancing, or B, if I actually want to watch the bloody thing, the only way I can do it is by looking over your head. Like when you go and watch like a ba- an older band that's like on stage or something, and you're in like a little concert hall, and you're in your chairs, you've been given allocated seating, and you're like, I'm going to watch this performance. I just want to watch it. Oh, great. The people in front of me are now dancing and clapping, and now I have to dance and clap. Well, I look like the dickhead. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> You're such an old grump. I Why love it. Why do people have to get involved with things? Right. <laughs> so, uh, well, Albert, that we're not bringing You're... him now to the, uh, the the midnight circuit of Rocky Horror or anything like that. Like, mm. like hell you are. I feel that it would be like if he was offered the choice of going to that or death by a thousand paper cuts, he'd have to think about it. Or even better still, I think we get him to go and uh, experience Mamma Mia on stage. Absolutely. Oh, I think no, about that, that'll, that'll, be, that'll probably be the one that swings him. Um... Bye. No, I'm so done. No, thank you. No. I, oh, I, great, cool. I vetoed Mamma Mia from the musicals list, so I'm sorry. We will not be covering that over this. Yes, to everyone who suggested Mamma Mia on Twitter, thank you very much. We but can no categorically piss. state it won't be happening. Uh, no, there will be no Pierce Brosnaning on this show. Well, it's, it's it's interesting, isn't it? That I think because you know we've talked about a lot of films, but there is strong opinions from each of us on what a good musical is mm. and what isn't, um, or things that you did want to watch or didn't want to watch. Yes. So, like, I very strongly didn't want to watch any of the Lloyd Webbers. Um, I didn't want to watch Lemay's. Um, you know, whereas Sean was like, I don't want anything to do with La La Land, you know, and... No, 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 come on, you, 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 you got to like, quote me right, you, you got to quote correction. me right, yeah. Yes, you, you did say you would watch it, but you might not have the same opinion as the rest <laughs> of oh, well, Actually, <laughs> even more than that, I said probably, I'll join you for the opening scene, and then just let us know when you're done, yeah? So I really want to do, and I don't know if we've secured La La Land, but I really want to do that, because I haven't seen it, Albert has seen it, and Sean, sorry, Albert's seen it and likes it. Sean's seen it and doesn't like really it. Like that For film. me, that is the making of a fantastic conversation. But we'll see. Maybe it's a magic fifth episode. Could be, it, yeah. I think yeah. we all know what the magic fifth episode is. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll move on from that. So, bringing it back to the film, the mm-hmm. show kind of confused me a little bit. Corey, um, Corny's, Corny's oh, yeah, Coliseum Corny, of Corny, Crap Dancing. <laughs> Corny's well, cornucopia of crap. Yeah. Corny's cornucopia of crap moves. Um, so this is a show to highlight the latest dance craze on TV. Yeah. Pretty. So it's TikTok. Kind. That's actually not a bad way of looking at it. Yeah. It, it is. It, yeah. And people would look to that as their, you know, 
their video tutorials nearly because sure yeah, exactly. Tracy and Penny were learning the dance in one yeah, of the opening scenes. If you scenes. don't know the dance if you don't know the latest dance then you're you're out of date, you're gone. It yeah, it really felt like TikTok for the fifties. Which is interesting considering it's TikTok true. wasn't around when this movie was made, which is cool That's as well. True, yeah. Um yeah. yeah. I really hate how quickly people can pick up a dance. It's like fucking data. It's like just gonna watch your feet for two seconds. And I got it. Oh, I can do it. Some people really can. Um, I, yeah, that's that's, that's that's very much a true thing. Yeah, um, and the more you do it, the easier it gets. Uh, I have extremely limited. Um, I did stuff in college, basically, and it was literally like that. Day one, you just were like, "What the effing effing effer? You effing mother effer effer effort effer effervescent." And then by like day three or four, it's like, okay, yeah, I think I got that. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, and I've got that one now as well. Oh, no, I slipped up. So the fact that these kids are picking up the dance straight away, if they're watching every day after school, 100%. Yeah, totally buy it. Yeah, I would love to moonwalk, but can't. That's, if there's one dance move that I will learn before I die, and if, we, if this ever takes off and we do a live show, you will see me moonwalk on stage. <laughs> That's it, now it's recorded. Yeah, We'll be checking to see if this is cut out of the edit. Do it. <laughs> um, right, my, my favourite song in the whole film was Ladies' Choice. Great song. Is it Ladies' Choice? That's where they're yeah, picking yes. the... They have the dance floor with the rope in the middle of it. And uh, it's... Yeah. It's Zac Efron. Yeah, black people on white side, white people on the other. Yeah, that's not why I like it. I, just, I mean, I like the song. Oh, itself. God, I didn't even mean that yet. <laughs> <laughs> he likes the music. You were, you were sitting there going like, ha-ha, finally, the way I see society being reflected on a film. No, it was, it was a catchy fucking song. It's a great song, though. But it is. I, um, I can't remember any of it, but I remember liking it, and I made a note that I liked it. <laughs> uh, it's really bouncy. It's really, really energetic. Yeah, yeah it's probably the third or fourth most popular song out of the show I'd say thanks um, no it's in it's in you know there's about 60 songs in the show that's not bad 60 Jesus Christ no there isn't that many I, I'm no sure I bet you're not far off I think yeah you... I bet the director's cut is down close okay. um, it's it's uh, as you were saying though, it, it is a great it's a great musical for standout songs actually now that you say that like and this is definitely a standout song I mean it's the, the beat's going away in my head now but it would stick in my head just as much as, say, Good Morning Baltimore, I Know Where I've Been, You Can't Stop the Beat, all of them. Uh, like, yeah. the ones that l- less so are the Miss Baltimore Crabs, um, <laughs> which is just, again, funny thing to say. Sorry, that is the title. Yeah. Uh, um, Timeless, which is a nice song, but yeah. it's a bit like... Oh, man, I don't even remember that one. That's the Christopher Walken. I wrote Walken. down the stuff I didn't like, and that didn't even make the don't like list. Oh, dear. Oh, my. Oh, my. Um, welcome to the 60s I don't know why I'm just like eh. yeah no that one oh, I like welcome to the 60s no that one lost me in, in fact I just accidentally wrote a note read a note out it's a new girl and 60s lost me both of them new girl. I was enjoying I it like the second and half those of two girl. came in oh, just, uh, all of it lost me didn't like and it and I like big I like big blonde and beautiful oh that is a good one actually which is Queen Latifah yeah, I liked that. I like a diva number, you see. That's just me. And I think that's my problem. I don't like like the Michelle Pfeiffer songs. I didn't like because it's it's kind of like look how rangy I can be, and then I totally lose everything that you're saying because how rangy you're being. 
it's not a very rangy song, mind you. Um, That's all right. But, As the month goes on, you'll look back on this and be like, oh, I thought that was rangy. Oh, rangy. Yeah. okay. <laughs> uh, but it's less... Um, maybe is this... Is that even like Some of Tracy's stuff is not conversation set to music, but there's less... Um, yeah, and that I hate. Sorry. That's that's okay because that's what I, I genuinely because that is so structureless. It is just wandering through dialogue, and there's a there's a tune to it, but that's not a song. And yet you love that's Les just Mis. like stream of stream of consciousness. So much of Les Mis is just that. It is, and I love Les Mis. I love that. And there's no there's no, there's um, no next there's sentence no in that. It's like, there you there. Go. Yeah, I am a hypocrite. <laughs> I should hate that, but I don't. Les Mis, which is like one of the densest it's actually called recitative is the um musical term for like song speech oh song um, monologue yeah 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 but this is not that um this is just you know link numbers basically between songs mm. um i'm fascinated by the fact that you love Le Mis. yeah no i have no qualifications for it but i do it makes no it, like in the in the nicest way possible it makes no sense because no it feels like the kind of film that you've got like Although it's really, really good, and I really like the film, and I really like the stage show, it feels like you really need to like musicals to like Les Mis. I, yeah, I can't defend it. I just, maybe it just caught me at the right moment. I think the cast is the phenomenal, mm. just brilliant. I don't care that Russell Crowe can't sing. Um, I think it's fantastically acted. You know why I like it? Because it isn't cheesy. So I don't like the cheese in musicals, which is why I despise Grease. The sound of music winds me up because most of that is super chirpy. I know it's not a chirpy film, sorry, but most of it is chirpy. Hairspray was cool, but it's still super chirpy. Les Mis is just a depressing story with some music in it. I really recommend you... None of it is cheesy. (laughs) Really recommend you watch Rent. Um, There will not be much chirpiness, I can tell you that. That's for sure. I, I can imagine I'll cry, but... Um, yeah, no, Les Mis, like, it does bring me to tears. Like, I, well, yeah. It's not cheesy, and I think that's the bit that loses me, is how cheesy and, and happy. If there's one criticism I have of this film, it, I kind of said it to Albie... At, sorry, one criticism. Um, I said this to Albie at the end. Um, Yay, all of the world's problems are solved, and there's no more racism. It's almost too perfect, isn't it? And it kind of belies the fact that there's still so much work to do. It ain't going to be fixed by one TV show. Que- a question then to both of you, and actually because I know Lame is really... It, it both is and isn't guilty of this. Do you find that a lot of musicals, they are written to be in their own bubble? Um, even yeah. if they're historically yeah. based, say, for example. Because yes. this is historically... but Well, not, not that it's based on a true story, but this is historically based. Lame is historically based. Um, there's a, a ton others now that are, are I'm forgetting. Does that annoy so i suppose this does annoy you would that be right in saying that say like okay grant let's put a full stop on this and the world stops spinning at the end of you know what i think you've absolutely nailed it accidentally that that i think that is what bugs me especially because i can't help my brain from going i want to walk through the set and just like why is everyone dancing what did i miss why is everyone (laughs) how are you also choreographed like I, we're in the bakers. Why are you all dancing and singing? Like it is so. Sur- it takes me out of the movie because. So, the producers is a fantastic example of this. Being in the accountant's office and the whole thing turns into a stage and the showgirls appear and I'm like, 
Wait, what? Are we? Is this happening, or is this in his imagination? But everybody saw that happening. So yeah, it has to be in a bubble, and I think it just reminds me that I'm watching a film. I like, um, and I'm all about escapism. <laughs> have you seen uh, Enchanted? And um, no, but I get that that's like a last action hero it, it, kind of premise, isn't it? A little bit, and they do they play on that. You know, it's like you know, yeah, oh, I've just burst into a musical like number, and you have characters going. Mm-hmm. When, when, Wait, when did you, you learn the that? dance? You yeah. know? I can imagine... Yeah, I can imagine that either being annoying, if you acknowledge it, or really funny. Mm, I think it needs to it's be like done Deadpool. well. Like Deadpool yeah. rides a line of being really, really funny and meta, and then you, if it goes too far, you're like, yeah, okay, I get it now. You're a, you're a cartoon character. Cool. Sorry, Albert, I dominated that. That's <laughs> <Yeah>, fine. <laughs> what were your thoughts? Uh, what was the point again? <laughs> About um, <laughs> musicals in particular, uh, they yes. yeah they write as if it's an enclosed bubble. I think it's the medium because if they're written for the stage, you know you have a limited stage set, you know kind of world you can ha- inhabit and get across within a particular period of time. Um, and you're right in that most musicals are period pieces. Um, but some of the best musicals, I think, are the ones that um, step outside that. So I'm thinking, like, Dear Evan Hansen would be one for me that is, like, one of my absolute favourite musicals. Um, There isn't a film of it yet. When there is, we'll watch it. Uh, But it's brilliant because it's very much set in modern, and there isn't a nice, rosy ending to it either. It leaves things open, which feels very real for me. Um, But I think... You know, if you've paid, because, you know, to go to a musical on the West End, it's not cheap. No. Nope. Um, you know, you're talking maybe 150 quid for two tickets. You go there for three hours, you pay six quid for a little tub of Hagendas. Mm. You want to have <laughs> you want to have a good ending and you want to come away feeling right. You know, you yeah. don't want to come away going, oh, what's that was a wasted three what's hours. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So I think it's the it's the medium is is why most musicals end up that way and sometimes that translates to well to film and other times it doesn't um so you know there's plenty of musicals that have been made into films that have just not worked at all cats, um, <clears throat> cats yeah. sorry uh, <laughs> oh, yeah there's many reasons why cats doesn't work oh it was just uh anyway um and actually do you know what's funny enough although i didn't mean to do that lloyd webber musicals are uh, like Joel Schumacher's adaptation, I realize this is not the film we're talking about, but just really, really quickly, Joel Schumacher's adaptation of Phantom. It's like they gave them all the budget to do everything they'd ever wanted to do on stage, and it just was hollow. There's some fantastic singers in it, like um, Emmy Rossum is incredible as Christine yeah. Daae, but there's something, there's, there's, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting because you know you find this a lot with musicals that have been turned into films where they either feel really distant from you um like literally the way the the, the films are shot or they're like almost too big and too like so in for instance the producers is you know one of the criticisms of, of it is it's just like they've put on the stage show and literally stuck the camera in the face of the actors so they're all quite big in their performances when actually there's more subtlety needed for the film Mm. here i think you don't get that as much with hairspray um but there are definitely 
you know what i would call like musical set pieces that you know if it was on the stage or whether it was on camera it wouldn't really you know it, would, it wouldn't be played out very differently so you know when you're in the studio of the Courtney collins show mm. that's very much designed for a stage um and so it's a little bit like you know you don't necessarily feel you're in the real world in those moments um yeah. so that's one of the challenges always with musicals for me whereas something like Le Mis has a huge scope and works well on a stage but you can blow that out massively on the big screen and make it look fantastic and you know like create a whole world around it um so there's there are some challenges around that kind of side that i understand and i can understand why people have issues with film versions of musicals Um, yeah that's a really really good point and it's one of i was on a little bit of background reading it's that drove some of the decisions some of the decisions behind which songs were left out so there was there's one of them which is like an argument with the mums and they said they, the only way they could really pull that off with like was with a three-way split screen, which they split really screen, didn't yeah. want to do because it takes you out of the movie even more. But what do you, do you think they could have adapted it, or did they make the right choice with the songs they left out? No, I, I think they made the right choice. And in the stage show, Tracy goes to jail, mm. um, and there's actually a big number about that. Uh, I think it was right to to leave it out because it would just would have been so. But you could have had a three-hour film, wouldn't you? Easily. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So, you know, I think the choices they made in in Hairspray, the movie, um, were the right ones, definitely for me. Although I would just like a little bit of, you know, a second every so often to kind of (laughs) catch my breath. There's that too, because um, on stage shows, most of the time you'll get an interval. You know, it's written with that in mind, Mm -hmm. you know, end of, depending on how many acts there is. Um, And again... We really should just name this Hairspray and Les Mis. But when we were talking, uh, when I went to see Les Mis, um, I, w- I remember watching the end of One Day More and I turned to my friend who had seen the stage show at the time and I just went, that's that's the end of the first half, isn't it? Like, he's just like, yeah, absolutely. Like, this is where people go yeah. to the loo now and everything. I was like, yeah, okay, that makes that makes sense. I can, I can hear the swell, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You've almost got two yeah. conclusions. You, you always finish your... You always finish your first act on a big number. Um, it's just the the way you do it. Um, but hey, we haven't talked about um... hairspray <laughs> much at all. <laughs> we haven't talked about Nikki Blonsky, who I think is oh, she's brilliant. This is her debut as well. Yeah, yeah, so she was discovered for this movie, and I think so was Elijah Kelly, who plays Seaweed. Mm. Um, so they went on like a big casting call, but she's just oh, I she's mean, incredible. She, she is Tracy Turnbull. For me, you know, I think she just is like this effervescent um, ball of energy. And, you know, I, I love the fact that she she actually auditioned for the movie um, because she saw the stage show and, what, and all she wanted to, to do was be Tracy. And then she managed oh, that's to awesome. not only be Tracy, but be Tracy in the movie mm. of the of Yeah, because she can channel brilliant. that into wanting to be Miss yeah. Hairspray. Yeah. Yeah, so she's incredibly believable in it. Um, and she became a real kind of star off the back of it at the time, I remember. Um, but I don't think she's done much since no, in terms no. of film work. Um, I think she's been in, in other uh, Broadway shows, but um, she's just brilliant in it. I love it. I hear clicking, I Ian. Are you just checking there to see what yeah, she's... Yeah, no, I am. Uh, Hairspray, Queen-sized um, Harold... 
Um, waiting for Forever, The English Teacher, Geography Club, uh, The Last Movie Star, Ghost in the Graveyard. Um, I haven't heard of any no. of those at all. Um, she pops up in Ugly Betty on TV. Okay, that I've heard of. Um, man, no, absolutely nothing. And we wish her well. But yes, yeah, she's very... <laughs> she is, no, she's great in this one. She is... Um... She's exactly what the character needs. She's pure joy. She is not brought down, despite all of the rest of the people trying to bring her down. And that's what I really, really like. That's what was refreshing with me. There wasn't a everyone falls out in the third act and then reunites. Yeah. Cliche. There's characters that fall out, but they wrap it up very quickly and very organically. There's no artificial conflict here. Of course, Christopher Walken is not going to run off with Michelle Pfeiffer. He's oblivious. And uh, John Travolta knows him... Sorry, I haven't got the characters in my head. Knows him well enough... Edna Turnblad. Yeah, Turnblad. Gotta go to the shoe. Um, Knows him well enough that that was never a danger, and they resolved that really well. Zac Efron is the only person that upsets her, but it doesn't cripple her character. It doesn't put a stop on anything. If anything, it, it goes and makes her more determined, which mm. was really refreshing because I am sick of that cliche. Um, yeah, yeah, she's she's how weird so is, so good uh, in this film. How weird is it to see like Zac Efron before he bulked up as well? It's just like he's so young looking in this film. I have an interesting story there. Um, so I knew this film came out in two thousand and seven because I'd been. At Toys R Us for a year at that point. So we had at the front of store was the seasonal section, which was seasonal, and it had this massive, huge feature wall, which had whatever was big at the time. That's what they made this elaborate display out of, and you'd have all of the merchandise on there. And the year that I started, it was High School Musical three. So that was which I worked on. You did, did not you? work on High School Musical three. That's awesome. So it's the only oh, one I, I haven't seen. I've seen one and two. I, haven't I seen worked three. on the. I worked on the soundtrack for two and three. That's awesome. So yeah. while I was stacking shelves of stacking the shelves with toys of Zac Efron, you were putting the fucking movie together. I hate you so much. That's awesome. That's brilliant. I hope you did a good job at selling those toys. Because you got to pay the people like Albert. You know, oh, we got to get I the hate... money. And so I could. It was... Sorry, go on. I was gonna say it was one of it was one of the first um, projects I worked on, um, so I worked on the soundtrack specifically, and everyone was a bit like, oh, "What's this thing? Do, are we gonna make something of it?" And then it went on to be like the biggest selling album in the world. So, you know, yeah, no, I felt quite smug shoot. after that. Um, but I know Breaking Free in about fifteen languages because I used to work across <laughs> multiple markets, oh, and that's we used brilliant. to we used to release it in different languages because it was dubbed. <laughs> Yes. Oh man, that song haunted me so much. I can pretty much trace back my cynicism to High School Musical. Now I know, even at sixteen, I was too old for that film. But I, you think? Yes, thank you. But I hated everything about it. I hated Zac Efron. I hated his stupid Bieber bowl cut. I despised everything about it because it was everything high school wasn't to me. Like it's, it wasn't this magical fucking utopia um so seeing all of the display i my greatest joy was ripping it down and putting up the doctor who display ready for the next season of doctor who um yeah so uh, what was my story that was it so i'm more familiar with zach efron 
in that form, me seeing him as a bodybuilder is really, really weird because I'm used to hating him with a bowl cut. <laughs> he's actually, do you know what this? Because this film, so I'm getting my times right. So this is after High School Musical, yeah. This is a year after yeah. High School Musical, yeah. But obviously, like he would still be. Obviously, he's broken this now, but there was very much a danger of typecasting because although this isn't Disney, you know, this yep, was... it's still a musical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And interestingly, I really, really like him in this film. Yeah, I think and it's really made good. me wish he carried on doing this rather than the movies he does as a muscly idiot. Like, that doesn't really do much for me, but this I actually enjoyed. Well, well, he, he also returns for Greatest Showman. That's what I was going to say, yeah. another big musical performance, which is more recent, so... And again, he is uh, excellent in that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I, I really like him. I, th- I think he is absolutely the definition of teenage heartthrob at the at the time, you know, in the period mm-hmm. piece. But he himself does... It's not a massive arc, but he, he does a lot of growing up in this film because he's like, you know, I've got everything I need. I'm the pretty boy. I've got the pretty girl on my arm. And as soon as somebody suggests to him, it's like, you realise there's more to life than that. And this rocks him. He's like, what do you mean? What, <laughs> yeah. what, what nonsense is this? And uh, yeah, it's, it's pleasant to see that. As I say, it's wafer thin plot for him. And yet it works. Yeah, it is. But it does what it needs to do, doesn't it? And it's, it's quite refreshing that he isn't the jerk. And that even Corny Cornucopia isn't the jerk either. He's, he's an enabler and he's an ally. Which is nice. It just Women get played off really badly in this film. Or old white women do. Yeah, uh, I love Amber. She's such a bitch. <laughs> I oh, and I, she's just the cattiest. I've already... my, my favorite Amber moment in the whole film is when Cordy turns around and slaps her in the face. <laughs> and, <laughs> I I that, yeah. and that is just it gets me every time. And I knew it was coming. I was watching Ian's <laughs> reaction, and he lost it. He loved it. I so. lost it. So like... It does like the introduction to the song. I was like, and now onto the dance. Slap. And she's like, what the fuck? What do you mean? <laughs> my favourite um, my favorite bit, which is uh, really similar, is um, um, uh, Penny's mum tying her to the bed and splashing yes. her with holy water. Just like, sinner! Devil child. Devil, Devil child. child. I love the little the little joke <laughs> seaweed gets Sin in. And it's, it's almost a throwaway. And he's like, what the hell? Yeah. Was your mom in the Navy or what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> how does she tie this up? And so she just sat there literally reading the Bible. I was like, what what possible record is she putting on? Surely all music is sin. No, it's the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> Honestly, she's one of my favourite actresses. Alison Janney is Janney. Fantastic. She could do... She's such an amazing character actor. I love her to bits. Um, and yeah, she's very good in this. I wish she had a bigger role, actually. Mm. Yeah. It's when um, Penny pops up on the TV and she just stacks it over the table. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good. Penny, no! Oh, oh my God, yeah. And Penny turns around to the camera and says, I'm a checkerboard chick. He's like, chick. Oh. Mother of God. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so really quickly uh. back onto Zac Efron. My biggest... <laughs> biggest wait my biggest plot hole and albert was just like you're pulling the plot apart aren't you and i went yeah the song without love mm. yeah so zach efron is in uh, tracy's bedroom and is singing about how much he loves her um tracy is escaping from the panic room which is in penny's yeah. house <laughs> i was like yes 
Don't eat my tuna. Why do we even need this room? I was like, it's a panic room. I love it. So she's escaping. But then she starts singing the same song and is singing about how much she loves um, um, Link. Link. But she doesn't know that he isn't a jerk yet. The last time they met, he had said, I can't do this anymore. You're going to ruin my big shot. So why is she now saying, I love you no matter what? It doesn't make sense. Because she was saying it beforehand, and although he upset her, it wasn't a, a deal breaker. Sure, how many, how many it films were... a so, deal breaker. Oh, it should be in real life, yes. But, you know, but how many films where you have, you know, guy, girl, or what is it somebody said earlier? Uh, I don't know, I've forgotten it now anyway. But, boy um, meets girl, boy offends girl, girl forgives boy. It happens way more often than we would like. Um... But yeah, but that that happens a lot. So again, it's kind of like, Ian, if that's a problem, you're gonna have a difficult month. The, <laughs> yeah, the way that it's sung is almost like there's a resolution that we've missed, and there's something else keeping them apart. It doesn't. Oh, yeah. What anyway, I feel with, that annoyed me. What I feel with that trope, right? In general, I'm not saying that it excuses this particular song, but with that trope is, I feel that's always the hope song. There's always, you know, hope for change, hope for love, hope for something to get better. And yeah. sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, it doesn't make every song that uses the trope perfect, but it is, there is suspension of disbelief, I think, going into those songs. Yeah, this is a group of people dancing and singing on cue about whatever happens to be on their mind. Yeah, I'll, I'll suspend some disbelief. Um. So that's pretty much all of my notes on the film. It's your guys' movie. Is there anything else that you um, wanted to talk about? Um, it's it's carefully adult. Like, there is a lot of adult themes in it that are not particularly bashing you over there. Like, kids can watch this, and it's fine. Yeah. Um, one of my favourite gags happens quite near the start of the film, and it's when... Uh, I think it's Debbie, is it, is stepping down from the Corny Collins show for how long? About nine months. <laughs> nine months, yeah. <laughs> We're looking for somebody just as fun-loving, but not quite as freewheeling. Yeah. <laughs> That's an yeah. awesome, awesome description. It's so laced with subtext. It's like, I know exactly what you mean by that. <laughs> oh, that, that, that was gas. I just love, and I love those kind of asides in the film. It's very yeah. good for that. Yeah. Or, or when Michelle Michelle Pfeiffer says, "My husband, he, he was what was that? Accidentally smothered, or <laughs> he was he like accidentally strang- no, accidentally choked to death, or something." But yeah, 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 yeah. No, accidentally like, uh-huh. suffocated. Yeah, yeah, that was it. That really, really. That's good fun, and it's just it's just a kind of lift you up type yeah. film. Um, yeah. Easy watch. You know, you can come back to it. I've certainly come back to it several times. Yeah. Um, I never really get bored of it. Um, I could watch uh, You Can't Stop the Beat on repeat because it's just so bloody good. Um, yeah, so it's just, for me, it's it's a good, solid musical. Um, I think the film is as good as the stage show and that's rare. So um, for me, yeah, it's definitely, definitely a good one. Yeah, I challenge anybody to come out of this film not happier than when the film started. Like, it is infectiously happy. Yeah. And I think the final 
the final set piece is done extremely well. Oh, yes. Um, everybody gets... It is, it is the bit of when all of the cast kind of comes to the front and you do the round of applause. Everybody has their moment who has mm. been in the film. So it's an excellent way to wrap it up. It's really cool. Um, yeah, I, I liked it. Um, is there like a sequel? Have they done anything more with it? So there were there were plans for a sequel, oh, um, no. and um, they brought back John Waters actually to script something. And I would have seen Nikki sort of in the uh, at the time of the Vietnam War and oh, the hippie cool. movement and British invasion and all that sort of stuff. Um, but it never got off the ground. Um, so apparently, you know. There was talks of it as late as 2018, but it's just oh, wow. got all gone quiet. Yeah, um, I don't really... think it needs the sequel, That's my basically. feeling. It's, I think it's a one and done. Yeah. Yeah. So there's not... I like all the characters, but I don't feel a need to revisit them other than in this film. And I think it's a good bottle story. Although it deals with really important themes and a, and a wider story in America, I think the story itself is really, really tight and really self-contained. So I like that. Mm. Um, and I think it might be my favourite Christopher Walken <laughs> performance of any film I've seen him in. Um, closely followed by seven... Is it seven murderers? Seven, seven psychopaths. Seven psychopaths, well done. Yeah, closely followed by that. Um, but he's just full-on Walken in this film. He even does his um, his Fat Boy Slim dance. What's the song that he did? Oh... oh. It's not right here, right now, but that's the only song I can think of. It is Weapon of Choice. Weapon of Choice, that's it. For someone who doesn't like musicals, you love to sing, don't you? I do, yes. Maybe we should just make a musical out with me. We could do this. Is that why you've struggled with musicals? You're like... Why am I dying that? Why can't I do this? That is why I can't do this. And that's why I don't like cricket. Um, So (laughs) I would love to tell you what... That's a song. That's why I don't like cricket. I don't like cricket. So there was something you were going to tell us. Yeah, there was something I was going to say. I'd love to tell you what we were covering next week, but musicals be damned. I don't think we've decided. (laughs) Yeah, that's one of the things. I think we'll get back to you on that one. Yeah, uh, we'll um, we'll follow up on Twitter, but um, I'm there's one that I'm pushing for that the boys don't want to do, so that's fine. But it's fine. They don't like Chicago, and I've never seen it, and I like Richard Gere, but never mind. Cool. Thanks for listening, everyone. We will see you next week. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to An Englishman and an Irishman Go to the Movies. I at least would love to hear your thoughts on the episode. Sean couldn't care enough to record this with me. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at EnglishIrishGTM, email us at anenglishmanandanirishman at gmail.com, and check out our website, www.anenglishmanandanirishman.wordpress.com, where you'll find all of our previous episodes. You'll find me on Twitter at galactic underscore Dave, and you'll find Sean at Sean Ferrick. Thanks for being awesome, and we love you very much. <laughs>